This is the Hacker Valley Studio Podcast, exploring the human element behind cybersecurity programs and technology. Look, we've all been down the path of integration, normalization, and operationalizing our security data. The common theme is a traditional SIM can't keep up, which is why we say run Panther. Panther normalizes your security data and integrates into your security operations pipeline to provide complete visibility across your environment. Panther is a cloud native security analytics platform built for engineers by engineers. Learn more by visiting runpanther.io. Thank you, Panther, for sponsoring this episode. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Hacker Valley Studio podcast. This episode, we're going to be talking about your table and not the table itself, but what is on it. To help us talk about food exactly, we've brought in Bree Van Scotter, professional chef, author, and host of the TV series Wilderness to Table. It was great picking Bree's mind because she's talented in just so many areas. I think everyone is going to love this episode. Let's jump right into it. What's going on, everybody? You are in the Hacker Valley studio with your hosts, Ron and Chris. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the show. Glad to be back again. Today, we are shaking things up a bit. And our guest is truly one of a kind that we couldn't wait to speak to. In the studio today, we have Bree Van Scotter, professional chef, author of Complete Wild Game Cookbook, and host of TV series Wilderness to Table. Bree, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Bree, I found out about you years ago when I lived in Peachtree City, Georgia. My wife, sat me down and showed me your show and she said you know she cooks right here in town i said get oh. the heck out of here <laughs> and we went the very next day to your restaurant i had to meet you i was like please uh, you know let's take a picture and then that really started our relationship we even got to do a, a fitness video together there's just so much but for the folks that don't know who you are just yet let's hear a little bit about your background and what you're doing today I am Chef Brie Van Scotter. I am a classically trained chef. I've worked in fine dining for all of my career, actually, as a chef. And now I'm turned, I've turned a hunter. I wanted to source my ingredients myself, so I turned to hunting. And it just hasn't stopped. And now I show people how to cook wild game and the importance of hunting and the beauty of it. It's not as cruel as people think it is. And now I devote all my whole career to wilderness to table and showcasing wild game meat in the most beautiful light. I'd love to hear like the beginning of the journey when you started cooking and then what was that motivation to, to get closer to the food and start to source the food yourself? When I was in high school, I remember asking my dad if I could go to culinary school and he's like, no, you need to get a real degree. So I went and got two bachelor's <laughs> degrees <laughs> and then sat in a cubicle and I hated it. So then I got a part-time job as a hostess uh, in the evenings and I loved it. And then a month later I had worked my way into the kitchen and I was on the pastry line and I just absolutely loved it so much that I quit my day job, went and was working in the restaurant, absolutely loved it and decided 
yes, I want to go to culinary school. So I went to culinary school two times. <laughs> and then I just started my career in fine dining. This is like long story short. And then I was actually hired. I was one of the youngest chefs ever hired at my alma mater. And I was running the restaurant where it's like a student run restaurant. And I was teaching my students how to create menu items based off of like, we would go to farms and such. And then I started diving deep into how our meat is raised what, how the United States is, does it because Europe is way different than the United States. I didn't really like what I saw at all. And I have, I've had the chance to do some product development. So I've been to some factory farms. To me, that's not how our animals should be raised. And I think we could do better in the United States. At that point, I almost wanted to become a lawyer because I wanted to change our food system. Wow. Cause when you realize who is up against it, you can't, you know, you're up against billions of dollars. And so the only way I can truly affect change is to get people to make that change at the register. So anyways, I decided to start hunting because I wanted pure organic protein. And I've been spearfishing and fishing with my dad as a kid, been doing it growing up in California, but I never really grew up as a hunter. My family was like anti-hunters. I kind of was the black sheep and went off on my own and I just started figuring out hunting. I started off bow hunting and then I had this beautiful like meat on my table. I had, I had harvested a doe for my, my first time. And, and then I was looking online at the recipes and back then there was such a lack of wild game recipes. I'm like, man, I can grill a backstrap and I can make a popper, but there's so much more to this meat and to this animal than those two mainstream items. So I created my website, Wilderness to Table, and I was just showing what a chef would make in her kitchen with this animal. Cause like I can use the bone marrow and the fat and, and, and the bones and everything. And I wanted to show people that. And then it snowballed. (laughs) I never thought I just was doing it for fun and I never thought it would turn into this whole big career. And now I've been writing for magazines and getting interviews and on the news and, and my show. So it's been, um, it's been a whirlwind. (laughs) So many opportunities. And now you're even on Hacker Valley studio, a cybersecurity related podcast. And we're talking to you because you are someone that is truly in love with your passion and your craft and you're executing on it. I would love to hear a a bit about, you know, what was that spark or that love interest with food in the first place? Like when you first became that line chef dealing with pastries, what was the connection between you and food at that point? And why did it make you want to leave your two degrees on the table and focus (laughs) on cooking? The funny thing is like uh, for me, which I think is for most people, you always think of Thanksgiving and you think of family and everybody's gathered and you're having good food. And you always remember like the banter you have during dinner. You always go to that one restaurant for like that special occasion because you just love it so much. So the happiness that food brings people is what really drives me because you don't remember what handbag you brought to the party, but you can remember what you ate at the party. Food just like provides the best memories. And usually the most of your memories are all based around food events with family and friends. And to me, making people happy and creating those memories is just freaking amazing. Like anytime somebody posts something, um, like a recipe they made from my cookbook and says like, my family absolutely loved it. I'm like, that is exactly why I did it. Like I want to create 
a beautiful meal for people that they can actually do and feel proud of themselves and like want to do it on repeat for their family. And, and then you go into like, they're actually providing a nutritious and delicious meal for their family, which is way better than the crap that we have on our stores. So for me, it's, it's definitely making people happy and creating those memories that surround food. You're such a multi-dimensional person. You're an adventurer, you're a chef, you're a hunter, you're a content creator. There's so many aspects to your life and it's really remarkable. But what would you say your personal superpower is? What is it about you that makes you so aggressive when it comes to being good at all of these things? <laughs> I think my drive, because literally when I decide to do something, like I go in full force. I don't half-ass it. I, you know, every aspect of hunting, like I know my guns, I know my ammo, I know my calibers, I know this. And I, I don't ever go into anything and just do it mediocre. Like I have to give it my all. I think that's just the type of person I've always been. Obviously, I have like a million degrees. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't do anything um, I don't slow roll anything. I think I just had a very good example growing up from my dad. And I think I just have a passion for just going full force. And that's what really does it for me. <laughs> what would you say is that first story or maybe that most impactful story where you really recognize that drive that you had? And you said, you know what, if I put my mind to something, it's getting accomplished. That mission is over. What was that that story that stands out in your mind from your perspective? Probably when I decided to go to culinary school on my own, and I, maybe I, maybe I realized because it's really expensive. That's why my dad didn't want me to do it. Um, <laughs> but it was that you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna take this chance and I'm going to do this all by myself. And you know at that at that time I still had to work. I still had to like provide housing and food for myself and manage to go to school. So it was a lot of people just wouldn't have done it and they would have just been complacent. You know, as an adult being out on your own and not have gone into debt and not worked and did all that. But I think that was the truly the start of it where I felt like, oh, wow, I can really do a lot. But then again, when I was younger growing up, like I've been spearfishing. So I've encountered sharks and there's something about nature, like being in nature and being raised in it, where you become so much braver it, it, not everybody's going to, I mean, sharks are everywhere, especially when you're spearfishing because they can hear the fish. I would say that also being raised in the outdoors gave me a huge drive to be like, oh, I, I'm not afraid of that. I can do that. You know, there's a lot of people in our industry that have started in a different career path and they ultimately pivot. And I think it's always interesting to look at the habits of the people that have decided to to pivot from one thing to another. When I'm listening to your story, it sounds like not only did you pivot, but you're really good at it. You pivoted into being a chef and became someone that Chris was like really excited to try their food and then meet ultimately. And your food is obviously amazing enough to where you have a TV series with two seasons now. Yep. Uh, I would love to learn a little bit about your habits. What are some of the things that you do to become so good at cooking, hunting, what are some of the things that you think are repeatable across the board? Well, my daily regimen is pretty like predictable. I wake up early. I like I wake up at 4.30 or 5 and then I get my, my workout in and then I sit down and I do my emails and then where I'm like not distracted, you know, I'm kind of regimented so I can get things done. 
the morning time is also my time to study. Like if I'm going on a hunting trip, I want to know more about the land. Like where, what am I hunting? What do I look for? Because there's all these things or, you know, whether I'm looking up new meals because I'm cooking at an event, I research the heck out of things. So I, I'm pretty, I like to back myself up with knowledge and facts instead of, I just feel like this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's funny is I'm sure there are a lot of people listening right now. They're technologists. They're like, wow, this is an interesting story. But what does this have to do with me and my career? But really, if you listen to your story, you started at one spot. You started with the cooking itself. And then you decided to go deeper. And by going deeper, it's not just, oh, I'm going to start to source my own food by hunting whatever is in my area. You started to expand your geography and look for other things to hunt and bring into the fold when it comes to cooking. So there's levels to that in cybersecurity. There are folks that start out as intelligence analysts, but they decide that, oh, okay, you know, I have this intelligence background, but I want to understand where it comes from. I want to start hunting. I want to start doing research on adversarial architecture, different things like that. So there's levels to whatever it is that we're doing. Once you got immersed into this world of not only cooking and hunting, what kept that appetite? What kept that spark of you learning more? Because you were talking about you, you understand the calibers, you understand you know, hunting techniques, you understand all these faceted ideas and concepts across the entirety of your career. What kept that motivation over time? I like to challenge myself. (laughs) I will never like back away from a challenge. You know, I started off bow hunting and I prepped for like nine months prior to my first bow hunt. Then it got into rifle hunting. And then I'm like, that led to long range shooting, which I absolutely freaking love. You know, I would never take an animal long range, Mm -hmm. like at a mile. That's just, I wouldn't feel like it's ethical, but the fact of shooting, being able to shoot that long range is freaking fun. I mean, hunting has taken me to so many different facets that it's just, I think it's a challenge. Like, what's the next challenge? Like, what's the next one? Yeah, that like if there's a challenge there, I I want to do it. <laughs> or don't dare me because I'm probably gonna go do it. <laughs> so it's I I definitely say I am the person who seeks out challenges and I like to tackle them. But I don't tackle them for like the prize. Like I tackle them to keep doing it and striving to be better. But not only for myself. I'm not competing again. I have nobody to compete with. Like it's but it's also very empowering because I am a woman and I'm in a male dominated industry in the restaurant industry. I was, you know, I was in fine dining was for freaking all men. And then I go into another industry and it's hunting and it's all men again. So to show that women can go hunt a bear or, you know, go to Africa and take down large animals or, you know, go shoot a gun at, you know, at a mile long for a woman to hold their own in a male dominated industry is pretty freaking cool. And I, that's very empowering. And I hope that to inspire people keeps me going like that. Like I keep wanting to do the next challenge. If you can see it, then you can believe it. So I'm sure you're inspiring other women out there that are curious about cooking or being a chef or even hunting. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to ask you about are what are some of the things that you think we can learn as technologists? You know, we spend so much time in front of a keyboard and probably less time than we should learning about our food, where it comes from, and even how to prepare it. What are some things that you would tell a technologist that doesn't really cook often 
to kind of spark their interest in either learning about food or what to do with it after they acquire it? I've had days where I sit behind a computer, so I don't know all the technologist terms, but I can know that it's pretty, pretty, it could be boring sometimes and like eye straining. But when I do that, I feel like I go outside and I just take a walk for at least 20 minutes. And there's something so refreshing and it like gets your mind right. And being at, like, you need to take time to figure out how to be outdoors to like kind of reset. And then as for food, hey, you are on the computer as it is, right? Take five minutes and go research where our food comes from. <laughs> That'll make you want to not reach for that McDonald's and sit at your desk next time. Um, I, I truly believe like information is power. And when you have the correct information of, of actually what's going on, you, you'll be more inclined to take an extra 15 minutes out of your day to make a quick meal. You can learn anything on YouTube now. Right. <laughs> so whether it's easy cooking, like easy meal prep, I mean, meal prep is a great way for people to start eating healthy who aren't like trained chefs like I am. And to have like five meals that they can go to healthy meals. There's so many facets of food that I love, but uh, the biggest thing is, is I believe like it's a medicine for you. It makes you feel better. It makes you run better. So no matter what you're doing, whether you're me, a chef swimming or doing or hunting or whatever, or you're, you know, a person sitting at a computer working with technology, it's a very important job. But when you feel your best, you're going to do your best. So you got to eat the best. And it could start a simple start, including like, you know, two apples a day, two bananas a day, like, just something easy that you can grab instead of processed food. And I think that once you start seeing that change of how you feel, you, you'll keep going. Well, this probably isn't the best time to mention it, but this uh, episode sponsored by McDonald's. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, you bring up a great point because I know in the past we've had conversations about some of the flack that you get from people and organizations about your hunting. Uh -huh. But when you look at those people that are giving you that flack, but then they go to McDonald's, they go to these extreme measures to get their food and they don't even realize it. They're not even cognizant of what they're doing. They're bringing into their house. They're mm -hmm. dealing with animals that live in terrible situations. What would you like to say to, to those folks that just are completely unaware as to what you're doing? Because the way you're, you're sourcing food is much more ethical than some of that factory farm type of situation. What would you have to say to some of those folks? One, you can stop leaving me death threats. <laughs> those are always fun. When you're eating at McDonald's, you just automatically think that burger came from one cow when technically that burger is bits of could be up to a thousand different cows. Wow. So it, it and in your ground meat and and everything that you get. So why is it okay for us to support that, but not okay for me to go out and I know exactly what I'm taking. I'm taking an older buck or an older doe that has lived a beautiful life free of human tragedies. And I take it in the most humane and quickest way possible versus our poor cows and our poor pigs are living in their, you know, their own filth. Now you can see it, they're getting abused. I mean, that's not how any animal should live. So how dare you bash me, but yet you go eat McDonald's and support the very cause that you hate, but you love. So don't be so high and righteous if you can't actually back it up. So don't bash me if you're still going to McDonald's or, you know, whatever fast food chain and eating crap. It, it doesn't even make sense, but you, you, they got to be educated. I mean, I think a lot of 
the stigma of hunting is what gets them. But they don't like I got a lot of backlash when I got my bear and it was like published in a magazine, this whole thing, and it kind of took off. But a bear is the bears aren't Winnie the Pooh. There's this not this like fictional character that's like, we love them, they're so cute and fuzzy. Like those are mean creatures and they're actually mean to each other. And if you don't keep the population in control, like they'll decimate elf populations, white tail populations. So like taking older bears is not a bad thing. Like they'll eat the cubs. You know, but a lot of people don't understand the animal world. They just think it's, I think we characterize the animal world too much. You know, all these Disney movies has portrayed them as cute and adorable. We got to <laughs> save the animals when that's not how nature is. I think the, they don't want to be educated, but if they could get educated, I think that's the only way that that would open their eyes. But these days, nobody would wants to do that. They just want to yell and scream at you instead. Yeah, it's very interesting when you look at perception. I can remember when I cooked my first chicken breast. It was wet and I thought it was slimy and kind of gross. But over time, you know, getting closer and closer, then I got a whole chicken and I cut it up and I was like, oh, this is not exactly what I thought it was. There's more to just a chicken breast than this piece of meat. There's also the bone that comes along with it that I think that mm -hmm. a lot of people don't uh, prepare or it's just gone when you get it from the grocery store. But just so many surprises. And that really is what piqued my interest in cooking when I got my first whole chicken broke it down and cooked it and it tasted great. I followed recipes and ultimately started creating my own recipes. I've kind of developed my own passion for cooking and whatnot. I wanted to ask you, what are some of the other things that you're focused on? It seems like you're a very interested person that explores their curiosity. What has got your interest these days? Obviously, I go full force for wilderness table. Um, I would say my other passions are fitness. I mean, I freaking am addicted. And then uh, healthy, like my next new project that I have in the works is all about healthy eating and about real food and less processed food. I dive into everything. So now the, I've been diving into nutrition for like over two years now. And the more I found out like food is medicine and all these problems that we're having, we're not supposed to have these. And so if you look at the system, it's big pharma wants to make you sick. So therefore you take medicine and then you take more medicine and that causes something else. So you take another medicine. So you're constantly dependent on this system of medicine when you can actually just eat right and support farmers who are doing great things, which we should be doing. And, you know, and then it trickles down into business and get, I mean, well, I can keep going on that, but so fitness and nutrition <laughs> are definitely are my biggest passions on the table right now. What would you recommend for people that want to get more in touch with their food? Where would you recommend them to start? Is it going to the store and looking for specific items? Is it doing the research like you mentioned before? How do people get closer to their food? That's a good question. So I started off when I was in culinary school, actually, in Napa, little story. I was cooking at an event and I was cooking this chicken and it was probably the best chicken I had ever had in my life. And I was just shocked by it. And then I got to meet the farmer who raised it and I was talking to him. And long story short, uh, the next day I was at his farm with the chickens, getting to see his farm and everything. It's, I think that's where it very first started hunting, I think. And then sure enough, I had my own eggs and I had them in the incubator and I would go every day after school and rotate them. And I raised 
these chickens, I had 12 chickens I raised from egg stage, incubator stage, all the way to fully grown. And when they were grown, I would, after school, change them on different pastures. I loved them. I played with them, hugged them, hold them, right? And then the time came, I had to, I had to end it. And when you realize that your food has a face, you appreciate it so much more. So that night when I had slaughtered my chickens, I had went home and I cooked one of the chickens whole and I sat on the floor of my apartment and I cried because one, I loved that. I loved the chicken. Like it was like a little friend and then two, but it was the best chicken I've ever, like ever, ever, ever eaten. And it was that point where like, I will never take food for granted and take protein for granted because that was a life and it's giving me life. Mm-hmm. That was a huge thing for me. So back to the question, I wouldn't say everybody can raise their own chickens for their food, but when you realize like your food has a face and it had a life, you're going to value it and you're going to look for different things on the ingredients. You're going to look for like wild caught instead of farm raised, because not only is it going to be better, but then somebody, a small, you're helping a small business. So I would definitely say start reading your ingredient labels and start going for the ones that have the like the fewest ingredients possible. <laughs> Bree, there's someone listening right now that is in their career field. It might be in technology. It might be something else. They might be a chef. And they're wanting to expand their scope into more facets of what it is they're doing. Because you've taken being a chef and you've become a hunter and sourcing your own food, but then also creating content for folks to enjoy based on that food. What piece of advice would you have for those folks that want to step outside their their silo and they want to expand into more about the world? What piece of advice would you have for those folks? I mean, knowledge is power. You know, I am a sucker for podcasts. I'm a sucker for audiobooks. You know, I get ready in the morning and I'll listen to a podcast or an audiobook just go for it. Dive deep because you never know where it's going to take you. I started diving into the hunting and then it took me on this whole trip, you know, because you're never going to really find your true little niche until you start researching something. And that may take you five steps down the road. You might go right to it. But if you don't start researching and doing, then you'll never know. Bree, thank you so much. It's been an honor to hop on the mics with you and chat. For the folks that want to stay up to date with you, all the stuff that you have going on, and I understand you have a new season coming out, what are the best ways that people can catch that stuff? Um, Yeah, I'm so excited about season two because you'll actually see me hunt and butcher and, and serve it right there in Hunt Camp. So it's really exciting. That will be on Carbon TV in about two weeks. I can't say anything, but we might also be having other networks. So you can go to wildernesstotable.com or on Instagram. I'm really active and I try to interact with everybody as much as possible at Wilderness to Table. So basically anywhere Wilderness (laughs) to Table. We'll be sure to drop all of that in the show notes for everyone to check it out. Would highly recommend. Bree, thanks so much for joining us and we'll see everyone next time. Thanks for having me. If you enjoy our content, it would mean so much to us if you shared this episode on social media, told a friend, or wrote us a review on your favorite podcast streaming platform. 